Hey girl, I'm back. Uh, yep, just got back from my birthday trip. We went to San Diego, had a great time. Saw Beyonce and Jay Z in concert. It's our, I think it's our third time seeing. Okay, first of all, they've only performed together twice that we've seen. Um, but we've seen Beyonce three times because Andrew knows I love her, and yeah. They did not disappoint. They are just, they are killing the game. Um, She is a legend. I mean, she is the, she is, you know, one of my favorite all-time performers is Michael Jackson. And she's, she's that times a million. Um, This girl kills it. And the way she tells a story on stage is so beautiful. And as you all know, TLC is doing Um, the art of relationships events and there we're talking about the different archetypes of the feminine and what I love about Beyonce is she actually does that in her show she shows so many different sides of herself and women and I think it's just so beautiful and I think it resonates with so many women because she's showing women um uh, the vulnerability of women, the power of women. I just, I love it all. I couldn't stop dancing. I was getting my groove on, girl. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, but you know what? Something did happen right before the concert. We're walking in, and of course, they're, you know, they're, they're checking bags, and there's, I guess there's a size limit to bags now. See, I don't go to concerts anymore, so I don't know this. Um, Does this happen to every concert now where, like, if your bag is over four inches, you can't bring it in? Anyways, I thought I had a small purse, but they were like, nope, you got to check it. Thankfully, we the, the guy that was driving us held my bag throughout the whole concert he in his car um yes it was it was a driver not just put my bag in anybody's car um but when we were walking back to our driver's car I look down there's hundreds of people walking through the parking lot right we're just walking through the parking lot and I look down and there's an engagement ring on the floor like people are stepping all over it I was like what I pick it up I thought it was fake because I was like okay why would everybody be walking all over it and it's not this poor girl dropped or either fell off of her finger or she dropped it or she broke up with whoever she was with I don't know I don't know the story um is missing her engagement ring so I mean I don't know I didn't bring it to Lost and Found because I'm just not sure how all that works and if it's really going to go to the rightful owner. So I have this engagement ring holding on to for this girl. Um, I'm going to write an article. I'm trying to find if there's anybody who is searching for a lost engagement ring. Now, if you're listening to this thinking that you're going to get a free engagement ring, just don't just don't think about it okay um so I have this engagement ring I'm going to try to find this girl um so San Diego Beyonce concert if it's you girl hit me up private message send me some pictures of it um and we'll you know we'll send it back um and if you all can help me out I'm gonna write a post and send some pictures and see if we can you know if we can share it all together um if you're not a part of our secret facebook group let's go there because i just rather keep it in um 
I'd rather keep this safe within my group um, as we're sharing. So head over to our secret Facebook group. It's called The Ladies Coach Babes. I guess it's not so secret anymore. Um, click the link below this podcast episode and you can um, join there. Anyway, so that was so crazy. So I have this ring. Um, we celebrated our birthday there. And then everybody's like, what'd you guys do after the concert? What'd you do? Did you go anywhere in San Diego? Blah, 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 blah. Girl, I brought a book and I laid my ass in bed all day for my birthday. Like Andrew was like, babe, what do you want to do? Because his birthday was the night of the concert. And then the next day was my birthday. So he's like, babe, what do you want to do? I'm like, "Mm, this is what I want to do. I want to have my coffee in bed. I want to read. Um, and that's all I want to do. That's, that's literally, I just want to relax. So yep. That's, that's what your girl did. Went to a concert and that was too much excitement for her. So I stayed my ass in bed. Uh, we brought Astro, by the way. So he was having a lot of fun. Um, we took him out, went a little, did a little hike around the resort. And that was all. Ladies, okay, I'm going to try to keep this short because we actually got a review. <laughs> We got a review that my intros are too long. And I just want to say, if you left that review, girl, you know that there's a fast forward button on your podcast. Um, If you're listening on iTunes or if you're listening on the site, you can fast forward at any time. Actually, that's exactly what I do. When I'm listening to podcasts, I fast forward to the part that I want to listen to. That's the beauty of technology. Um, But I'm going to keep that in mind. Thank you, girl. Um, And I'm going to keep this short. So... Today's guest, ladies, I mean, if you've been following me on Snapchat or in our Facebook group, you know that I interviewed three beautiful men. I mean, they're they're truly beautiful inside and out, ladies. I know you guys are all private messaging me, asking if they were single. Um, Two of them are taken, but one is single. Anyways, okay, no, they're beautiful inside and out. Er, Skirt. They made me stumble over my words. They are beautiful inside and out. And the whole discussion we had is um, was all about the masculine, mostly about the divine masculine presence. And um, kind of, um, you know, we, we, we dived into the masculine and feminine energies and how they play in, the, in relationships. I talk about my first experience with these guys. Um, I, I met them at an event that I went to and it shook me to my core um and you know I kind of talk about it I had to do my own healing work after but I really wanted them to come on and, and talk about this topic that I feel is really vague um and and like they they were saying um in the episode and and you know we're gonna get into it shortly um Justin, the founder, um, actually was talking about, you know, the the topic of the masculine and feminine energies can go from extremely vague to extremely complex. And so I hope that this episode here can give you some insight and just know that from here, you know, we're trying to lay some groundwork, trying to give you some pieces on how it relates to our modern world and kind of how these, um, how dynamics are changing in relationships and how it's affecting us. Um, and also kind of, you know, our beliefs about 
what the masculine is and what the feminine is. And today we're going to be talking about divine masculine. Not the masculine we see or we think that is masculine. Not the wounded masculine um, we're, we're, where we see this patriarchal society is that we exist in today. We're talking about divine expression of the masculine. And I think I picked the right guys to do this with me um, and to, to, to discuss these topics with. Um, throughout the episode, you, it's so, it, they, being around them, I truly feel like it was being around Buddha. <laughs> I've never met Buddha, but I think it's pretty close. What you're going to hear throughout the podcast is breathing. Okay. They were so connected to their breath. They were so calm and into their bodies and so present with me, which is something that I think a lot of us ladies need. Um, And when they're talking, when they're sharing, even just in the room with me, you can feel their presence. And I want to kind of talk a little bit about presence in the future and how powerful that is, especially... Um, as it relates to attraction and intimacy in relationships, but we'll save that for another day. Um, but throughout the podcast episode, you're going to hear some breathing. Um, and that's them. They're breathing and stay, you know, in, in a way to stay present. And um, I just think it's so beautiful. They have the most calming voices. So, you know, me, my voice is all over the place. Um, and they just can bring you back to center. So, um ladies i want you to meet the three men of alpha tribe um david justin and michael um and before we get started they are actually doing a they do a lot of events they do a lot of workshops and events in california and um a lot of you ladies ask you know where can my guy go to learn is there a guy coach for my man is there some place where he can go and he can learn Ladies, I definitely, definitely suggest them. And they are doing a huge, huge event coming up. Um, And I will put all of their links and uh, resources for you at the bottom. And they are actually offering $250 off of their um their their next event so you're going to get a tlc coupon for a 250 dollar discount on their admission so all of the details will be below um if you use the code tlc vip at checkout you will receive that discount so i'm really really thankful because i know a lot of you ladies were asking about that and if there's any men coaches i um i can suggest these men would be it so all right ladies meet the men of alpha tribe you are listening to talk listen change with crystal fuentes the founder of the ladies coach and author of how to be hot is getting real about love life and relationships for the modern woman sit back relax and let's have a chat guys thank you so much for being here i'm so happy to be in your hometown you guys live like what five minutes away precisely in venice santa monica santa monica i'm in venice myself you are Mm -hmm. 
Oh my goodness, I love it here. Mm. I'm escaping the heat, so mm. that's what I'm doing here. Um, I'm so honored to have you all because, you know, the ladies coach, we talk everything relationships. We help women from all over the world connect to who they are and create a solid foundation of love, self-love and acceptance, um, and, and help them translate it in the world around them. Mm. I was at a recent event and, uh, I saw you guys there and you guys spoke and it really hit me and, um, it really helped me, um, you know, I, I'm in this field. I help women from all over the world. And for some reason, I was telling you guys before the podcast, for some reason, when you guys spoke, I was a little shooken up. And even when you guys came in, I was like, Ugh. I was like resisting in resistance mode. For me, I grew up having positive masculine energy around me, like mm -hmm. a strong masculine presence around me. And so I was like, why do I feel this way? Why is it so hard for me to be in this room and be open and vulnerable um, and, and hear you guys? Um, and so that was, you know, as soon as I left, I was like an emotional wreck mm. leaving the room. I didn't even know that that was going to do that to me. I was like, ah, I need to, I need to figure this out. So it was like a mirror to my soul mm. and uh, leaving, you know, I hit up some people that I trust at home so that we can kind of go deeper. And so ladies, you all know Zen Rose Garden. That's, you know, who I do the work with. Um, but why I want you guys on here is because you just have such a beautiful way um, of, of shining a light on, on the masculine presence. You know, you talk a lot about the divine masculine. And those words get thrown about, the masculine and feminine presence, especially as it relates to relationships. But you guys go deeper than that. Um, in your presence alone, like I, I swear I feel like I have Buddhas all around me. Like I feel just so calm and like I just should be like meditating somewhere. Um, but I don't really, I don't normally see people doing the work that you're doing. So before we get started in today's session, um, could you guys just tell us a little bit about what you do and how you guys got started? Yeah, um... Nearly a decade ago, I had met my intimate partner. Her name is London Winters, and uh, she, we were both very spiritual people when we met, and she just brought me into the sacred intimacy community, and uh, David Data was a huge influence, um, an individual I've, whose work I've studied for a long time, uh, and then found ourselves assisting and teaching the work, and we recently uh, created a book together called The Awakened Woman's Guide to Everlasting Love. And that's been our journey together as teachers, business partners, best friends and lovers. So it's been a wild ride. Mm. I love that. And I just started, I just told you I got the book. So I can't wait to put the resources down below, ladies. So don't worry, it'll be down below. Um, yeah, and I, uh, I met Justin maybe eight, nine years ago mm -hmm. at a martial art academy. I'm a... I'm a martial artist, and um, I, our paths crossed there. We became friends, and then our paths dissected, and then I reconnected with him back in the work with David Data, um, that world of sexual intimacy, because for me, um, I, I have a very solid solo practice of stillness meditation, 
but when it came to relating to other people, relating to women particularly, I found a lot of trauma there. So my um, style is to lean into that. So I leaned into that uh, work and found a lot of profound healing. And um, then Justin and I reconnected and obviously connected with Dave and we found that between the three of us, we each have a unique area of expertise that maybe on its own isn't enough, but together, collectively, we have something that's powerful and unique to offer. Specifically, Justin's area of expertise tends to be in the world of relationship and intimacy as a spiritual practice. And for me, because of my inclination and my experience, I like to talk about meditation, um, the practice of conscious movement and conscious stillness to cultivate a presence that other people find healing. And I'll let Dave speak for himself, but in a nutshell, he he's a businessman and he's figured a way to for men to approach their work in such a way that becomes a devotional spiritual practice. I love that. Mm-hmm. So is that what you do? I can't really say it better than that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I think he set you up properly. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the correct alley-oop. <laughs> I don't have much to add. I'll say, yeah, broadly, each of us cares a lot about what you could call spiritual practice broadly, which is a super vague term, but it's an important one. And so each of us basically works and lives at the intersection of spiritual practice, depth, and some specific area. For Justin, that's relationships and intimacy. For Michael, that's meditation, movement, self-care, health, the self, the body. And for me, that's business, sacred business. And so each of us were doing that work independently, loving it, very meaningful to us, but specifically in the realm of men, of working with men, teaching men about how to approach this crazy topic called masculinity. Um, none of us, none of us independently felt especially called to do that. I think um, for a variety of reasons, but particularly because we didn't want to become the one guy claiming that his way was the way to be a man. Mm-hmm. And so coming together collectively is the solution to that for us. It's deeply, deeply needed that men start to take men's work seriously, that they start to take the role of being a man seriously. And uh, in order to have that happen without falling into the various traps of guruhood, this is what we've come up with. I love that. So you guys are kind of redefining, because I know that you guys are talking about, um, on the site, you talk a lot about like the new roles in relationships. Um, because a lot of times when we talk about the masculine and feminine, and the reason why I have you guys on here is just to kind of, it's, it's for me, I was telling you guys before, it's so, just like how you feel like about the, like the sacred and spiritual practices and, um, and uh, platforms. For me, masculine and feminine, um, as it relates to our lives, is very vague. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of women don't understand it because it doesn't fit them. Um, And so from what is, you know, and then they, a lot of women believe it's because of the old roles, the gender roles. And so Mm -hmm. for me, obviously, and for us, it's not 
you know, masculine and feminine isn't necessarily a gender. That's not what masculine and feminine is. But what what's the new rule, the mm. new rules of relationships? That, that is an about? amazing question. Truly. And, you know, the masculine and feminine is ranges from the most simple thing in the world to the most complex. And I love the whole thing. Um, it could be as easy as you're a woman and I'm a man, masculine, feminine. And it could be much more complicated than that. Even just in cultures and certain languages, whether you're speaking German or Spanish, the sun and the moon, they're not the same. You know, in one, the sun is feminine and the moon is masculine. And it swaps depending on language, culture. So coming to terms with what are these words that we're playing with? And what we start to learn in sacred intimacy or the yoga of intimacy is how we're rela relating to one another body to body. Mm. So when you think about it just in terms of embodiment and language, there's a certain category of qualities that you would define as masculine. So let's just throw out a few right now. What, what do you think qualities of the masculine would look like? Um, certainty, security, uh, uh, safety, protection. Um, yeah, those are great. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of them def you know, define masculine as purpose yeah. and drive. So those are all perfect examples right on point. So you said protector. Mm -hmm. So someone could look like a protector in their body. I mean, look at Michael. He's very strong physically. That's a masculine attribute, um, traditionally. But now there's women in our world like Ronda Rousey who have that stature physically and are quite attractive as a female. Mm. So now we're seeing culture start to change and women are assuming these roles, but not just in that. I'm talking about in business as CEOs, as doctors, as lawyers. More women are going to college and graduating college than men right now across the entire nation. More women are going to doctorate school. More women are going to uh, become lawyers. So pretty soon in the next couple decades, we're going to see this massive shift of women in the workplace in these more powerful positions where they're calling the shots, they're in charge, they're the leadership roles, and they're earning more money. Mm -hmm. This is a reality we're going to look into. So to continue calling it, well, those are masculine things and those are feminine, is that really accurate? And it begins to challenge those traditional roles. Right. That's where it starts. Hmm. Ooh, I can open that a little bit deeper. Let's I do love it. it. You know, um, so we're here about, you know, and, and everything that I hope women feel is really their most authentic selves. And there's a lot of, uh, especially I know growing up, I, I, um, I struggled with my mom. And so I had to do a lot of healing with the, the, the feminine, um, the mother within me, the feminine archetype. Um, but, you know, thankfully I had a lot of beautiful people around me and my mom is a beautiful influence. Um, now, uh, we went through a lot of shit, you know, growing up, but I feel that it's, I can speak. There were times where I felt in order for me not to be that there was a masculine mask mm -hmm. that I'd wear because in order for me not to be her mm -hmm. or be, 
not necessarily be her because I, you know, she's such a beautiful woman as well. But in order for me to not be there, I had to put on a masculine front Mm. almost. Um, And so what I see now is kind of not necessarily, um, you know, authentic expression of the masculine presence. It is almost like you feeling like in order to receive love, you have to put on a mask. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I see that in a lot of relationships. Um, I see that in, in, especially in what you were just saying Um, in a lot of, we are taking over the world. Um, This is, you know, the, even just what's happening culturally right now. Um, We are in a very messy time where everything is needed it's just opening a lot of drawers uh, for us, especially women um, who have been wronged <laughs> and hurt um, and have gone through deep pain and trauma. Um, so right now we're in a messy time. And my question is, how do we embody who we are, right? So we're opening the, up the discussion of the masculine. How do we know when we're putting on a mask? Mm. In order to survive, because right now, you know, what's happening right now, we are doing, I'm, my whole concern is that we're doing it in a healthy way, that we're healing and we're shifting in a healthy way and not bringing out an unhealthy warrior, right? So right now I feel like we're kind of going, we're going to go through it because it's a messy time and we got to go through it. Um, but for the women listening right now, how can we do that in a healthy way how can we embody both in a healthy way Mm. you know the masks that we end up developing and men for sure develop these i would say both men and women broadly culturally right now tend to take on some kind of masculine mask yeah both of them and there's actually something very beautiful about that I believe to, to cultivate a capacity, even if it's from fear and from conditioning and trying to earn love to cultivate a capacity as you're growing up to stretch into this thing that isn't quite native to you ends up opening the door in a certain way, such that when through practice, through immersion in experimentation, Sheila Kelly's work, for instance, of full expression, the workshops that we do, through practice of returning to discover your actual authentic expression and essence, you have something more because of the mask than you would have if you'd never had it. Those mic drop moment. I th- yeah, he's full of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's worth mentioning that it's always, it's never not been a messy time. Mm-hmm. It's a messy, it's always a messy always. time. Everything is constantly expanding into something new and yeah. just birthing itself. And it's just, it's never not been messy. Yeah. So we can just accept that. 100%. And I think you make a great point about the masks that we wear and men and women both do it. And Justin makes a great point about women, you know, doing better in school, succeeding in the workplace. So to be successful in the material world requires that you step into a more masculine expression of self because that's the way it's always been. That's shifting. The question becomes, what do women need from men in these changing times? 
and what can women offer themselves so that they don't wear that business suit of masculinity 24-7 so often that they forget how to take it off and their their part of their spirit starts to just wither because it's great to be a CEO or a lawyer or a doctor or whatever and you should totally go for that if that's what you want but to get stuck in that year after year stop glowing so in this changing time what does a woman need from a man because no this is not 1953 no you know you don't need me for a home and for money and that in the not so distant past women were totally relying on men to be supported and there was very clear distinctions around who does what and now it's all becoming very gray so i believe that what men need to offer themselves for their own healing and through that process offer their partner and the world at large is to cultivate a grounded presence Mm -hmm. you know to just sit you know i'm a meditation evangelist i it all comes (laughs) back (laughs) for me it all comes back to the practice of sitting still because let's just use you as an example here we are in shutters you have all your tech stuff you've organized this you're in your logical mind barely you're yeah yeah after five room changes right but you're pulling (laughs) it off okay you're making boss moves and you're doing what you do and then you come home and there's a man there waiting for you who can just look at you and only see you there's nothing else on his mind which gives you permission to just it pushes you into your body and then you feel what you feel i tell i always tell this story this happened to me twice in one day actually and uh, I was, I had just come from a meditation retreat, some intense practice and stillness. And so I was really holding that vibration, I guess, you know. I was uh, dropped into the moment. And I was at the grocery store. But I was just really like taking it all <laughs> in and breathing deep. And I got to the register and the um, cashier says, this is the compulsory how you doing? She barely even looked at me, and I looked at her, and I said, I'm doing well. How are you? But, I mean, I was just looking right at her, and she started crying. She started crying, because, and then she started telling me about she's having this problem with her husband, and it's really stressing her out, and she doesn't know what she's going to do. And then she got really, she came back into the moment and realized what she was doing, you know. She's just unloading on this customer about her stuff, and she tightened it all back up and was like I'm really sorry and I said, it's not it's it's totally okay it's totally okay but what happened in that moment is presence meant form you gave her permission consciousness meant form emptiness meant fullness yeah so it was very palpable so she had no choice but to let out whatever was inside of her it was it was nature it was nature oh so what men need to do in this modern era get is, your husband slaters yeah is to learn how to be that way. And that's good for everyone. It's good for sentient beings. It's good for the cosmos. Yeah. And when we get to the spiritual fabric, the underlying fabric of, well, how do you know if you're authentically masculine or feminine? What Michael just described, the orientation towards resting into the emptiness of consciousness, if you find that pleasurable or blissful, that's a good sign you have a masculine essence when we're talking about it through that spiritual lens. 
that's what it means. It is, I find my pleasure in transcending or retreating or dropping into, however you want to say it, into the stillness of emptiness and the realization of consciousness. Delicious. Yeah. Now, if you're on the other end of the spectrum, you're like, well, I would love to divine, uh, to you know, merge with the divine through the flow of love and the expression of song and dance and through my heart and eating the most delicious foods and smelling the most delicious smells and adorning myself and adorning you know, my altar and my sacred space. That's a good sign you're oriented more towards the feminine spiritual essence. And then you have the spectrum in between. I love that. Um, so, so I would say, I mean, I'm definitely to my core a feminine. <laughs> that was me. That whole, I, I wish this was video recorded because then you could see him dancing. <laughs> that would be me. Um, <laughs> I love to dance. Yeah, me too. Me too. We have a dance party. Um, so through, you know, when I first saw you guys, I would say that that it's always been me, but there has always been, you know, when I talk about confidence and a sense of trust, self-trust, um, which is something that I talk to my ladies about, um, how to, because a lot of women are like, how can I be confident? I just don't feel confident. You know, confidence is like a huge hot topic among women. Mm. Um, what I found is it, it has a lot to do with your self-trust. You know, confidence is all about self-trust. And what, I, what I've come to realize is my confidence um, and the ability to fall into my feminine and the core of who I am was, was, um, was honoring the masculine within, within me, which is what we were talking about, which is the safety and the protection um, without relying on somebody else, mm. you know. Because like we discussed before, and I've talked about it to my ladies, I have a beautiful man who is very masculine. So he felt like right at that, that spiritual falling into yourself and that's him. Mm -hmm. um, but when I felt shaky or not confident, that's when, you know, there's nothing that he could do. You know, he can offer the presence, right. which is so important, ladies. I mean, I feel like a lot of people, like especially us women, when we talk about communication and we're like, our guys aren't listening to us. Like, I don't know what to do. Um, well, most of the time, I'm not saying most, ma most masculine men aren't going to be the talkers. They're not going to be like jibber jabbers, you know, at That's least right. Andrew's definitely not. Mm -hmm. um, but that presence alone, I find says everything. You know, that's when I'm able to, to feel even more safe and mm. um, it, it gives me permission to mm -hmm. express myself. So when ladies are struggling to get through to their man, right? They're like, I've said everything. I've tried everything. All the advice in the world. I've seen all the help. Like, how do I get to my man? I'm going to give you one magic bullet right now. Give that magic bullet. And give you the... You better be taking notes, ladies. Secret to the universe. <laughs> um, the way that the typical masculine mind works is failure, success, problem, solution. Okay? So if you're a partner and you come to your man and you speak to him mind to mind about an issue going on, in his mind, he's going to say what's the problem here and how do I fix this? Mm -hmm. 
don't worry, everything's okay, or you should just do this. Here's the solution to make this issue go away as quickly as possible. What he doesn't really understand is there's an emotional component for the feminine where I'm not trying to be fixed. I'm trying to express. I'm trying to be seen. I'm trying to be loved. I'm trying to be able to trust this moment. Do, can you hold me? Like, like, is this okay that I'm here? So when you want to get through to your man, the way that you do that is by letting him see and feel your emotional state. So if you're speaking mind to mind, you know, this happened today. And, you know, when you did that, I felt this way. It's productive for, you know, certain reasons, but intimacy falls out of the moment. So instead, the way you communicate to the masculine is, ow, that hurt me. I don't trust you right now. You just lost my trust. What you're doing is killing me. I'm so confused. I'm upset. I don't even know what to do right now. Those are voicing very vulnerably voicing your authentic emotion in the moment that he cannot debate he can't say you're not feeling that mm -hmm. so when the feminine says this is what i'm feeling right now and doesn't try to say what he did wrong no shame no blame no problem to be solved but this is what i'm feeling you literally create a doorway for him to step in and be your hero to step into the moment and somehow rescue you. But if there's blame, if there's analyzing, it's just a problem to be fixed. But if it's your authentic expression of your emotion in the moment, it's a doorway for him to feel, wow, she's feeling that, what could I do to let her know she's loved? Right. Changes the nature of the interaction. I love that. So it comes down to a willingness to express moment by moment what's happening inside your body, which is, I can imagine, a terrifying way to live, but a beautiful way to live. <laughs> it's just this bottomless pit of constantly reshaping feelings. Yeah. But that's what the feminine is. And w men have it too, obviously. And for a man to come to a place where he can hold another human woman's flow with equanimity and accept her as it, she is in the moment with no need to fix her he first has to meet that part of himself he has to meet the feminine inside of him his emotional reality and respond to those in a way that's healthy and it's the same you meet how you feel and you allow yourself to feel how you feel you don't need to fix i'm going to say air quotes because it's a podcast but you don't need to fix her and when I say her, I mean that emotional part of you. And once you learn to let that be as it is and hold it with equanimity, sadness, fear, joy, notice that it comes and goes and it doesn't last. Notice that there's a part of you that it seems to arise inside of, the masculine. You can start to become familiar with that. And then you can offer that equanimity, that presence to another human being who's in her feminine expression. But the work starts with you. I like to say, if you could take the man of the modern era, speaking from my own experience, and externalize his inner relationship of his masculine and feminine as if it was a man and a woman. For a lot of men, it would look like a hurting woman begging to just be noticed. Just just look at me. Just, just notice that I'm here and that I feel. 
and a man who's just too busy to give a shit or too afraid to go there to lean into his own trauma. So what do you suggest for women who experience that? That maybe they are, uh, you know, communicating their emotions or, you know, yeah. showing up in their most vulnerable selves, um, but they just can't get through. Mm-hmm. What, what do you suggest there? So there are a couple of levels to waking a man up from his phone, from his work schedule. And the first Justin has spoken into, very simply, you wake him up by expressing. You feel something, you express. He can't help but notice if it's true expression. Now, that's that's a first layer. And that, in, in the kind of terms that we've been talking about in this framework, is waking up the masculine part of him. But then there's things get more complicated. And things get more complicated because in order to be an attuned masculine presence, you have to have what Michael was describing, have to have cultivated a deep relationship with your own feminine core. Because otherwise you're just blank staring. You're not staring with feeling. And I said this is where get, things get complicated because the magic bullet is not quite as simple here. In, in order to wake up a man's masculine and then also his feminine body, that, that takes practice over time. And, and Justin alluded to nonviolent communication practice to draw out feelings. But I'll say from my experience, I, I have an amazing wife. And I, like many men, struggled with having a f- fairly tightly repressed emotional body. My whole life, emotions were kind of tacitly shamed. And I've done a ton of work to try to repress them. And now since then, I've done a ton of work to try to unwind them. But there's something that happens when m- my wife expresses love. And love can come in many forms, but I'll say there's the feeling of her, uh, you know, waking me up with rage, like crying or or screaming at me, which is amazing, right? But but then there's there's an equally vulnerable expression from her part, which is expressing her authentic love and appreciation. And I'll say, as a deeply repressed man, truly, there's something in me that cracks open in response to that. And there's a part of my heart that is only woken up through receiving that kind of honest expression of love that I don't think there's any replacement for. That's what, that's, that, that hits me to Mm -hmm. the core. And I think that especially what, what you all are saying, which is, and, and when you are going into the layers, um, being able to express in a, like for me, I can personally, I relate to what you said, Justin, about the, just being able to let him know your experience, you know, and like physically letting him know. Um, and that to him is like, you know, it's like death to him, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but balancing it because it's not, it, it, when you get into a habit, of you just, you know, because um, I see this in a lot of the relationships um, and probably some of my ladies who are listening 
where that is the go-to every single time. The extreme you're yeah, talking about. The yeah, they play it too far. Yeah. Mm. Without the balance of what are you doing? Because we talk about the appreciation um, aspect in relationships, and that goes for both, you know. Um, every partner wants to feel appreciated and mm-hmm. like they're seen in the relationship. I think that's really key, what you just said, just the balancing of the like I like I love you I see you I see everything that you do for us you know that that's what I think um, a lot of ladies need to hear well the one thing that I want to throw in here is just a personal experience from my own life the feminine expressing its needs through feeling doesn't always have to look like a tornado or a volcano I could be in the car with my partner and the window would be down she's in the passenger seat and this happened to me we're just on a drive recently and she just goes oh baby I'm so cold now that's a small comment but that changes everything because then I can say wow she's cold I can actually save her in this moment by simply rolling up my window now I know that sounds small but that's everything because she could have said Roll up your window, I'm cold. (laughs) That is polarity. If you want to know what masculine feminine means, her saying, I'm cold, and allowing me to make the decision to wind up my own window, she stays in the feminine, I stay in the masculine. If she says, roll up your window, I'm cold, and I do it, she's in the masculine, I'm in the feminine. Now, if she says it and I'm a hard-ass masculine and I, then I get resentful and I'm like, actually, no, you know, I'm going to keep the window down. Right. And then that turns into a different dynamic. And the importance, the significance of us becoming more conscious about the way we relate to one another is so important because now with women in the work world, all day you're saying, do this, I need this, go do this, go do that, go do this, go do this. They're in charge. They're in charge of people. And you're spending more hours telling people what to do than not. Now you've cultivated, your nervous system is pumping with alpha energy. That's what we call it. We call it alpha rather than masculine. But you're in charge. You're the boss. You go home and now it's, oh, I need you to take out the trash. Clean those dishes. Why is this still like this? And you wonder where the mm, passion went from your relationship. It's because we don't know, and Michael mentioned this at the beginning, we don't know how to change that dynamic, the way we're relating to one another, when we actually want to experience intimacy again. There's nothing wrong with both of us being an alpha. My partner and I do it. We wrote a book in that place, and it's excruciating. But we don't expect to be hot for one another while we're doing that. We make time for it. We say, okay, ready to go into work mode? Not really. All right, let's do it. And we will sit and grind and we fight and all that. But it's par for the course. We expect it. Once it's over, we say, done? Yep, done. We close that door and we move into a different state. You're not allowed to talk about work. You're not allowed to do X, Y, Z. So there's containers in the way we relate. And it allows us to preserve being business partners, whether we're running a house or writing a book best friends if we want no one to be in charge and just want to chill and watch Netflix and rub each other's feet or if we want to be feel that spark of passion and make love yeah 
We know how to turn it on, but we have to be conscious in how we're relating to do it. Yes. I love that you, um, you said like, okay, we're going to be writing a book. This is how we're going to be. We're both going to be in alpha mode. So Mm -hmm. let's just do it. Let's do it. But this isn't going to be us after the book. Yes. Um, I think people can identify with that, especially new moms. Like mm. when your family shifts and you're, you're, you know, you're having babies and a lot of ladies are, okay, my kids too. And now how do we get back? How do we get back to connecting? Um, uh, I think we actually had a question from one of our ladies to ask you, which is keeping the passion alive when relationship dynamics change. So when you're in that mode, right, in the writing the book alpha stage, uh, both of you, or you guys just have a kid and the family, the, the relationship dynamic changes, obviously. Um, what do you suggest for partners who are, tr- you know, they, they're, they're kind they're disconnected for a reason, um, intimately, intimately. Um, what do you suggest for them to reconnect? Containers. Ooh. Containers. When Justin said, you know, when we're done with that state, we close that door and, and move into another state. Justin literally means door. They have a door in their house at where they work and they close that door and they go into another room, truly. So with him, the container is a very physical space. And I think that's amazing. There's actually signs on the door. There are signs on the door. Stop. <laughs> Just, yeah, no, it's oh true. My goodness. He's, he's very real about this stuff. Um, my, my wife and I don't have that for space, but we do it for time. And I was terrible about that. I would never have thought to do this on my own. I I sort of got the idea from Justin, but I really got the inspiration from my wife coming and saying, you know, when you let work bleed into our time together, it really hurts me. I would Mm -hmm. would love to have, I would love to have just time with no phones, Mm -hmm. maybe time to sit together and eat. And so now we have every block of every day scheduled. It's obviously not all of it is work, but... The, the time that we spend together eating, the time that we spend together making love, the time that we spend together drinking tea, and the time that we spend together working. Or now, actually, we have a new time together called scheming because we've started practicing this masculine-masculine alpha-alpha mode. And we scheme together and make plots for business. But I would say the kinds of containers that you're going to come up with are very different for different lives, for different people, and for shifts in relationship. But I, I have a close friend who recently had uh, a kid, and he said the thing that's kept the relationship together is being religious about weekly date night. That's just one example, but the, the power of that isn't that it's weekly. The power of that isn't even that it's date night. The power of that is that it's a container that you treat as sacred. Mm. And you're making the time for each other. Right. What would you... Um, so just say, okay, they're making the time right out of you know they walk out of that door it's now it's like love making or it's date night whatever it is but they still can't connect um there's it's not a problem of a lack of love in this relationship right but they still can't connect what do you suggest um some practices they can do together stop talking this this is a a real situation in my life right now um you know my partner and i were pregnant 
we're expecting a little girl October 10th. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we're now set many months down the road of this transition and we're very excited about the whole thing. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. And we can't wait to see how our own practice evolves because we work with many clients with children, but you can't credibly speak into that space until you've had that experience. You know what that's about. And I look forward to being there because I don't think it's going to present any different of an issue um, when the child's there because we've always been committed to intimacy in our practice. We prioritize intimacy, so we always find a way. Yeah. And very much has to do with what Dave described in regards to containers. But as you're describing, there's elements like a woman's emotions or hormones are going to be through the roof from going through these transformations. Her body's changing. Things are happening in her heart that she can't, she can't just show up. Okay, now it's six o'clock. Now I'm going to behave this way. <laughs> like, good luck. You know, so that's where the masculine and the feminine meet in that space. The masculine says, well, here's our time together and I'm going to give you my presence because in truth, this is the only thing I can give you. I can't fix you and I don't need to fix you. I love you just as you are. And if you're going to be distraught, upset, I'm here with you. For this hour, I'm here with you. I know this sucks. I can't do anything about it, but I'm here with you. And it's that transmission of presence, that presence that Michael was describing. We're not going there to achieve something to make a relationship better. Yeah. We're there to be present with one another and allow whatever is there to be there. Mm that becomes the foundation of intimacy. And it's those moments that either tie us closer together over the years or drive us apart. If mm -hmm. we close and neither of us wants to deal with that, that's those little moments that separate us. Or they can become the ones that actually deepen the relationship if you know how to show up to them. Yeah. I definitely believe that, you know, intimacy even just changes not when you're... Um, when your family changes or you're having babies or, you know, the relationship dynamics, it changes. Um, like even just after years, you know, mm. my partner and I've been together for eight plus years and you know, that who I was at the beginning, who he was at the beginning of the relationship is completely transformed in the most beautiful way. But through that, you know, us having our own businesses and life and, um, losses, and um, there's just so many factors that come in that we've also had to continue to redefine our intimacy. And sometimes the intimacy isn't just like, all right, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Sometimes it's like, what do you need from me? Hmm. You know? Um, hmm. Yeah, like uh, intimacy. I mean, Esther Perel, I love when she says this, but she says intimacy is just into me you see so sometimes it's you know and I think that what you guys talk about is that presence and that alone I think for women no matter because then we can go into like what your sexual desires are and all of that stuff but like the presence alone mm. from the masculine if you are of the feminine core that alone is everything and I think a lot of what um is hurting or disrupting relationships right now is is a lack of presence mm, totally um and then appreciation on the other side you mm -hmm. know um but now i want to ask you what do you think is just disrupting relationships um i think you nailed it i think it's presence you mentioned um intimacy is just a connection it doesn't even need to meet sex obviously so how long have you allowed you yourself and your partner to go without actually just looking at each other in the eye 
and having this mutual understanding unspoken that here we are human beings on planet earth and i'm in love with you it doesn't need to be said but let's just ladies if you're if you are here looking at him right now <laughs> i mean just, just <laughs> yeah just connect you know connect that way and the further you go without doing things like that then now you're in this space where the intimacy just died but nothing just dies you know this is gradual slow death this doesn't happen like that yeah and it doesn't just come back it comes back gradually and bringing it back can be uncomfortable you know to connect with someone to hold a gaze to breathe with someone even the one that you love yeah. it's it can be challenging and all your stuff is going to come up this is all the more reason to do it yeah. and justin and his partner they call it the yoga of intimacy there's a reason they chose that phrase it's because it's a it's a posture right yeah it takes practice go into a yoga class and do your uh i don't know give me a yoga pose the name of one you want me to give you one oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay we'll like, say tree pose I just or, or whatever me on the spot <laughs> yeah okay so it's difficult you can't just drop now they know that i don't do yoga. Yeah, <laughs> you can't just drop into to a pose maybe if you're new to yoga right? right but you show up to the mat time and time again you train your body to do it and eventually you can just relax and hit it you know yeah. it's something that you can do but it's uncomfortable and you have to actually fight your own resistance to get your body to relax into it but love that's that's love is a yogic posture and sometimes it's it it's really difficult to hold and every ounce every fiber of your being is saying no i don't want this i want to close i want to be by myself but those are the moments that you have to just recognize that for what it is lean into it show up anyway it's not a it's not easy you know, it's the hardest, it's the hardest thing, but that's why we came here, you know, to planet Earth, to find love, right? That's that, that is the highest calling of a human being. And you find that with your partner. First of all, there's a few things that just happened. Okay. What you just said is so beautiful because that is something you don't hear from, you know, from men. And I, I think not that uh, now I'm just overgeneralizing, um, it's something that's not said, you know, because women are the ones who feel, we're the ones who find the beauty and like, this is the, you know, the perception, um, mm -hmm. that we, you know, when I talk about relationships, I think it's the ultimate spiritual practice. I think, um, I don't even think there's any other practice that's more spiritual than, because one, it forces you to think beyond yourself, um, but then it also forces you to look at yourself. <laughs> and um, and being in a relationship, I felt, you know, and one of the reasons why Andrew and I won't get married um, is just because we love the freedom and the mm. choice to be together um, and to make that a practice mm. every day. Um, that's just my personal, um, that's, what we what we want for ourselves but because it's such a a spiritual practice for us not that we're like doing yoga every day thank you for calling me out <laughs> um <laughs> um but there's a lot that you see in yourself through a relationship and there's a lot that you are also giving of yourself to a relationship and it's the choice to stay when it's hard mm -hmm. you know when shit hits the fan and you're like you know, mm. and you're like, what do you need? <laughs> you know, when two partners look at intimate relationship as a spiritual practice, um, 
it's very interesting because with your coach, with your guru, with your certain friends, with people you're getting advice from, you bring to them what you want them to see. You bring them the problems you want them to examine. Your intimate partner is going to examine all of you, the dark, deepest, darkest parts, and they're going to be a reflection of those parts for you. Hmm. They're going to reflect those back to you whether you like it or not, and there's a reason why when we feel like we keep ending up in relationship with the same kind of person, it's not the other person. There's something you're attracting, there's something you're reflecting that's causing that pattern to be showing itself again and again. And that's a hard pill to swallow. Yes. And if we're willing to swallow it and willing to cherish one another and love one another through that process and hold one another and understand when our man is in his feminine or when our woman is in their masculine and bring patience to that, suddenly my personal opinion that intimate relationship is the fastest way to wake up. I agree. Oh my goodness, ladies, I hope you're taking some notes. Um, go ahead. Just that you had mentioned that women are often the people who can appreciate this thing mm-hmm. about relationship, about mm-hmm. there being something sacred, something unique, something like the thing. The We're thing. saying it, yeah. Exactly. And, and, and expressing that, right. And I think that's true. That's, it's, it is a generalization, but it's Super true. Super general. And there's something, there's something about the feminine that I think can appreciate that, the thing that you both just articulated, um, in, a, in a more direct way than many more masculine beings can. And so in a lot of these conversations, I think that gets sort of left there. It's like, well, relationship is a deeply sacred thing. Feminine beings are more likely to know that. And so for more masculine beings, there's going to be kind of this this feeling of compromise, of being in relationship, of having to deal with that particular spiritual practice over and over. And what they're really going to want is their purpose. But, but at the heart of everything you both just shared is the reality of the absolute union between relationship and purpose. If you're a man who cares deeply about your career and your work, then there is nothing more powerful for the exponential growth of those things than to have a partner who's absolutely willing to reflect through her body every day exactly how you are showing up. Because how you are showing up in the business is precisely how you're going to be showing up with her. There is, there is not a single thing that has happened in the growth of my business that can't be traced back to a feeling that my wife expressed. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why I had you guys on this podcast. <laughs> it's so true. And I think that, um, God, you guys are blowing me away, first of all. Um, when I think about Andrew and I, um, and we have completely separate businesses, but we're so involved, you know, like, I mean, not in the ins and outs, but we're su- such um, kind of like a ride or die team for each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his success and my success, my success is for, from him, 
and then his is from me. I'm just going to, I'm going to say that. Um, I, I think that um, I bring something completely different to the table, you know, than what he brings. And it works and find that, finding that fluidity within the relationship. Um, and I think what, what you just said, I think like success, when we talk about success, um, in relationships, because I think that, and this is now going, this is me being generalizing people, which is not really that good. But for men who who are more purpose or success oriented in business, um, I think a lot of men are, and I think a lot of women who are listening to this might find their men in that stage, especially like there are certain stages of life too, where they're trying to work and they're trying to build up and they're trying to create something, you know, um, I definitely went through that because we started, we, you know, in our relationship, we kind of, we started at young ages, you know? So through that build up process where it would usually and typically in relationships could mean like, oh, I'm second, you know, I was a part of the build up, hmm. you know, so it's, um, I think a lot of women feel like they're second when their men are in that stage of like, I'm developing, I'm growing, I'm building something that they feel like, oh, I'm second when the guy's like, no, I'm doing this for us, you know, like I'm doing it for, you know, to create some structure and certainty and, and a home. Um, whereas I feel like it's really important no matter how different your lives are, your businesses are, that you're part of the buildup. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where that was going, but I was just like, I thought I'd share because I think um, – yeah, we do completely. And I, you you and your partner work together and do things together, um, which already is another, <laughs> could be hard too when you're working with your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just like when you're not involved um, in their business and your partner is success or uh, success driven, I think that you're a part of that success. I think the relationship is so much a part of that success. And mm-hmm. I don't think women feel that way but it's certainly like a huge, like in my relationship, it was, I felt that, you know, even though it, it wasn't my name, you know, it wasn't me doing it. I was backing it. So I felt a part of it. Mm. So I don't know why I just said that, but like, it's beautifully said, how can, um, how can women feel that though? Like, how can they, when they feel like he's just too distracted, like, how can she go up to him? Because I know that it was just, I don't, uh, I don't know. I just kind of inserted myself and like, that's just how we, <laughs> how we grew. But how can women express that they want to be a part of that? Well, you know, you were very fortunate to experience it the way that you did, mm-hmm. because that's not always the case. No. Not at all. Nope. A lot of men, um, I work with many individuals who have a relationship with very successful partners and the partner goes to work, leaves the wife at home and the wife is expected to take care of things and the man will go out and, you know, order women to sleep with, you know, pay for other women and gets sexually fulfilled there and then the wife just becomes a a symbol of something or someone to relate to on a certain level. And purpose is the primary focus for that man. So 
it does get really difficult and it does get really hard. But one thing as a feminine being you want to feel into is there's going to be the type of guy out there who is so purpose-driven. He's going to be powerful, iconic, successful, wealthy. He's going to be all of these amazing things. And his vision is going to be so fixed on where he's going. He's going to, it's going to be very difficult to take his attention off of that mark. He's only at so many you know, hours in his lifetime. He's going somewhere. Yeah. And whoever can't keep up, see ya. There's going to be that one extreme. On the other side of the extreme, there's going to be the guy who doesn't have that and is just focused entirely on you 24-7 and giving his love <laughs> to you and, you know, ch cherishing you, praising you. And that could be nourishing to a feminine who hasn't experienced that in a while. But that, too, can get really icky. Yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> so, you haven't seen my face. <laughs> <laughs> when we get in a partnership, we want to make conscious choices about how we're fitting into this picture and who we're attracting and why we're attracted to them. Do we want a highly purpose-driven man or do we want someone who would rather be a stay-at-home dad and just kind of be the nurture of the household? And there's no right or wrong to this, but we do have to be mindful that you know, the grass is always greener. Yeah. I think with my, um, with what you just said too, like my dad is, um, cause he does music. So he's at home. Like, so he stay, he does the stay at home thing, even though he works from home. Um, and all we're grown. So my stepsister and stepbrother is, they're grown and I'm the oldest. So, um, but what I've noticed when they have a beautiful relationship, my stepmom and my dad, um, that even though he stayed home and like would drive her to work and do all those things and pick everyone up and do that, he had a very, still a very strong masculine. Hmm. He was very, he, he was definitely stayed to his core, hmm. which is what you guys are all saying, which is the balancing of the masculine and feminine is mm -hmm. so important in this because it's, it makes the masculine not just purposeful, but also connected to his heart. Mm -hmm. um, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's that's why your original question was something like, you know, what would we say to women who who don't feel included, who feel like they're somehow outside of the man's purpose, right? And that right there is precisely it. It's that it's very very easy for a man to fall into the tunnel vision blindness of just boom, I'm headed there. And I've done that many times. And it feels justified. It feels it's like I, I've, I finish my work late. I come back, we're sitting together. She's a little grumpy. This has happened to me. Um, and I'm like, what's the problem? She's like, well, it's a little late. And the feeling that I first get is like, babe, I'm building something. I'm building this for us. I'm trying to take care of us. I'm trying to give us a home. But the reality, there's two realities. The first is that what I think I'm doing is um, building us a home when in reality I'm destroying it. And the second thing is th that the thing that she feels that's off isn't just that I'm neglecting her. It's that I'm neglecting a part of being that is true. And it's, it's hard to describe, but it's something like the heartfelt part of being, the reality of connection, 
the reality of the importance of feeling and relationship. And if you're trying to head somewhere in business, in any business, and you're ignoring that aspect of life, your business will have the brakes on. Absolutely. And that's what you help people with, right? That's one of the things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The unification of, of heart and drive. Oh my gosh. Wow. Thank you. So, okay, wait, I need to see just to make sure there's any questions that I missed because I know we had some ladies who, um, wanted to ask you some things. Um, oh, I want to ask you, what are your views on marriage? Is this specifically directed towards me? To everyone, to everyone. Because I know I'm, you call I'm her actually, your life partner. Yeah, I'm actually really curious to hear from all these dudes. Yeah. I I'm would want to know that from, from everyone. I'm, I don't have an answer for this right now. Uh, yes, you do. <laughs> I think um, it's important to really be clear on what works for you and look deeply into... Are you on board with this? And if the answer is no, then it will require courage to commit to somebody, but in a less traditional way. I think that I'm at an age in my life where I'm seeing some peers. It's as if um, people are scrambling for a date to the prom. The prom is coming up, and there's some societal rule that you have to have it locked down by this point in time. So, okay, are you down? I'm down. All right, let's do it. And it's a it's a hasty um, agreement that's not really based in truth or love, and so it can be doomed from the start. For me personally, I don't know. I don't know where I land. I'm a single man, and I like the idea of family, but I'm not sure that that's marriage is a prerequisite for that. So. I'm going to cop out here and say, ask me later. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I have a lot to say on this. I'm going to try to rein it in. You can take as long as you want. All right. Views on marriage. So I guess all, all I can really relate is my experience with it. I am married. My wife and I got married uh, this February and... It's amazing, and it's the thing I recommend to everyone more than anything first. But I'll say my experience of it was that the idea of marriage seemed insane to me for a very long time, um, largely because I was very committed to following my heart. And there's this thing about the heart that it changes it changes direction. It'll say, okay, today you have to get up, leave your life behind and move. It did that to me several times, not with relation, but with work, with, with all sorts of aspects of life. And, uh, and so I've noticed that the heart will give commands to let go of the current form and move forward. And because of that, marriage just seemed like an insane thing. That's, it's sort of like, it's sort of like saying, okay, heart, I'm not going to listen to you here anymore. And what shifted for me was in meeting my current wife, having an experience of, of my heart 
the the thing that my compass is pointed towards that little that inner feeling of my heart suddenly appearing outside of me in the world with this name Carolyn and so the feeling that I have about marriage and her is that it's actually just a very simple externalization of my commitment to always always follow that voice forever That's so beautiful. That was so beautiful. Your turn. Yeah. <laughs> so London and I are not married. We actually are engaged. Engaged her. Um, we've been engaged for a while now. And London's been married before, so she's gone through the experience of having the ceremony, having the paperwork, having a husband, and being absolutely miserable. It didn't last very long, and we came together, and from the start of our relationship, it was a sacred intimacy practice. We came together in this yoga that we teach, and part of that practice is the masculine claiming the feminine hmm. such that she would feel claimed like I choose you and every day I would wake up and I would remind her that I'm choosing her that day every day I'm recommitting myself to her freshly and I love that and she loves that and even though we've been engaged and we've talked about getting married neither one of us have a strong pull to actually go through the steps of the process and i believe largely it's because of that and for the feminine wedding day they said my teacher used to say the wedding day is the best day of the feminine's life and the worst day of the masculine's <laughs> life <laughs> but there's a reason for that it's because to the feminine marriage represents the ultimate claim the ultimate like you've ultimately claimed me and to the masculine it represents a loss of freedom I lose my freedom in this but also to the masculine it represents a completeness I already claimed you to the epitome that I can claim you I'm done like I already did that and men just kind of the masculine wants to be done with things so once they claim they can just relax back I don't need to claim you anymore I already did it's a doneness to it so what happens to that kind of daily your mind daily your mind and that's a practice I've developed with London that I wouldn't trade for the world and that's why we've postponed marriage for this long but you know we're having a child it's not going to stop yeah. us from having a family and being together forever Same. I think that's so beautiful. I think it's so, um, as I think a lot of women ask me and I haven't, um, I'll probably go more depth, um, soon, but, um, why we choose not to get married. And right now I'm not saying that we have anything against marriage. It's not, that's not it at all. We have, I have mentors in my life that are happily married for 50 plus years, happily meaning they've gone through the ups and downs of real mm -hmm. life relationships. But um, I have beautiful examples of marriages in my life. Um, I personally just never saw myself getting married growing up. Um, I always 
I always saw myself having a partner, like just somebody that you can just like co-create with. And, um, but yeah, we're doing everything backwards too. We're trying to have a kid. <laughs> so, so they're like, are you going to get married now? I'm like, no, actually we're going to, we're just like going to just, just jump right into having kids. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> Whatever works for you. Yeah. And then if, you know, if, if it were, if we, we needed to, or we wanted to, then that would be mm. a thing. But yeah, it's not something that helps us in any way so that's where we stand but it's so nice to hear you know hmm. what were you gonna say i loved what you said about the wanting to keep that kind of freedom throughout and i loved what you said justin about wanting to wanting to keep the daily claiming and and not to kind of wiggle out through this certificate of the responsibility to show up daily yeah. i think that's beautiful and i'll i'll say it's been i've i've felt I mean, I, personally, I've felt more freedom in the marriage than I ever, ever felt before it. But yeah. I've felt very much, many times, the temptation to slip away from that kind of beautiful daily choice of this person again and again because it's done in some way. And that's that's something, I think it's the the most dangerous part of marriage is is the capacity to begin to take the person for granted. So it's very important to me to instill practices against that. We have daily rituals every every morning that include setting intentions. And one of the intentions is always, my intention for today is to love you forever. I love that. So what other um, practices do you have that couples can do daily? Because sure. I might be writing this down right we, now. I mean, we have, one of ours is we have a little Chinese tea set. And so we, we pour a, a small Chinese tea ceremony together every morning. We have three little cups in silence. We sit together. We take 30 breaths together in silence. Um, breathing together is an amazing practice for if there's a very short period of time to sit in silence with eye contact and breathe in synchrony has an amazing impact on synchronizing people's limbic systems, getting you, you know, physiological connection at a deep level. And we have intention setting, gratitude setting um, for our daily practice, date time, no talking date time, and then also other weekly and monthly ceremonies that we institute. That's so beautiful. Okay, I'm going to take some of that. Please do. I need to, you know, on the plane here, I was actually... Uh, Andrew and I started this Google Doc where every day we would add what we're grateful for and we would just add to it every morning. And then we fell. We fell off. Mm. <laughs> and on the ride here, I was like, oh, I used to love that. We need to start it back up because every morning I would see him typing and he loves he loves those practices. Like he, he just like types a novel. And then I'm like, what am I thinking? I'm like trying to, I, it was hard for me to even get into it, but then every morning doing it, you just feel so good. And then you get to see your partners. Um, yeah. yeah what I they're think, grateful um, for. We're always practicing something. Yeah. And every single moment is an opportunity to practice something. Yeah. The problem is when we're not aware of what we're practicing or unconsciously doing something. And if that's how you're approaching anything, uh, relationship, work, your own health, then it reaches a crescendo. Wow, where? What shit has hit the fan? Yeah. Where did it all go wrong? Well, it was just a collection of moments that you didn't know what you were getting good at. We have to be really careful with what we're getting good at. Mm. We're always getting good at one thing or another. Yeah. Just choose wisely. It's just a collection of moments that we're unaware of. That's, That's so it. beautiful. That's a life. Yeah. That's a relationship. 
that's it it's just moments how am i showing up to this moment what is happening in this moment what am i bringing to this moment you know this is where the practice of mindfulness and meditation comes in so that you can begin to actually step outside of your mind and have a look at it and say whoa yeah i'm practicing getting pissed all the time and i'm <laughs> awesome at it i might want to pump the brakes on this you know oh my goodness <laughs> This is this is one of my. Do I have time to share one more thing? Absolutely. About this is about Michael. One of my favorite things about Michael is besides the deliberateness of practice generally for him, he's and I think this is partly who he is and partly the the rigorous practice of martial arts and also meditation that he's instilled. But most men out there, you could say by default have practiced one of two things. Either they've accidentally in their minds through habit ingrained the practice of rage, uh, toughness, a kind of aggressive masculinity, or often in opposition to that, maybe if you had a really angry father, they've practiced and habituated over and over a certain kind of softness, kindness, passivity, gentleness, right? And ultimately, the only real answer for what it means to be a man, whatever it is, has to include both of those things. This savagery and the sainthood are the terms that Michael likes to use. And so the deliberate daily practice of cultivating the capacity for violence such that it's felt and total heart open, radiant presence simultaneously is is where I think Michael has masculine practice just locked down and it's become a core part of our men's workshops. So important. Mm. I think, I think um, especially in masculine practices, that's so important. And when we were talking about Sheila Kelly, I think that that's really beautiful for the feminine mm. practice and expression. Um, uh, Andrew loves to do jujitsu and, um, and Muay Thai, but... I'm just going to throw him under the bus real quick. Um, Jiu-jitsu, he had surgery on his shoulder and his knee (laughs) all at different times. So I was like, "Mm, maybe, maybe not jiu-jitsu. But he, I didn't force him to do that. He came at that on his own. But he loves Muay Thai, but he loves the, yeah, getting out the energy. Yeah, it's important. The, yeah. the, it can be a little dangerous, though, because just the same way that we talked at the outset of this conversation about a woman getting stuck in her masculine alpha expression in the workplace, yeah. a man who is, who's, let's say, take a martial artist, a Muay Thai kickboxer, for example, Muay Thai is a hard style. If the foundation is I'm going to stand here and I'm going to be tight and tense, and whatever you give me, I'm going to give it back harder. You kick me, I kick you twice. You punch me, I punch you twice. Here I am. And that's a that's a useful vibration for a man to have. But if yeah. it's all he has and he gets stuck in it, then he's missing a whole other side of life. And the flip w- side is also true. Yeah. Okay, it's important to be gentle and to be loving and to be soft. But there are people in your life who would actually feel nourished by your capacity to be savage from an open heart. Yes. So... What I believe is for a man could endeavor to expand in both directions. And the further you go in one direction, the further you can go in the other. And you just sit in the middle and rest in the middle. And your capacity is felt by those around you. You don't need to say a word. It's just the vibration is like 
I'm not afraid of that guy, though though I wouldn't want to tussle with him, <laughs> but I would also feel like I could tell him my darkest shameful secret and he would hold it for me. Yes. And that's rare, but that's where we need to, that's where men need to head, I think. We need to practice that. No, and I love that. And that's how I feel around you guys. And I think that what you're doing out in the world is so necessary. Um, you know, we were talking about the messiness of right now, but that's that's nothing new. Mm-mm. It's just a different form now where these kinds of conversations are very necessary. Um, could have been useful many moons ago. <laughs> but this is where I feel just your presence alone in this room I feel safe. I feel like I can talk. I feel like I can express myself. Um, there's a certain calmness about you guys, but it's still very, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I just feel safe, you know? And I think that, I think that's uh, in my relationship. I certainly feel that. And I want women to feel that. Mm. Um, but it doesn't have to be in that, in that alpha, um, or that, um, I'm not going to say alpha, the unhealthy masculine way, which is, I think a lot of men feel they need to be because it could have been passed on to them or that's how they had to be to get by. Um, and, or being calm is a weakness or operating from your heart is a weakness where you guys shine through your heart Mm. and it's still very masculine. Mm. So Thank you guys so much. This Thank has you. been amazing. Yeah. Okay, so uh, tell us where we can all find you. The best place to find everything about us for men's and women's events is wearesacred.org. Um, and on that website, there's blogs from all of us and different events. We'll all be hosting some free, some paid. So check it out. And you have um, events for both men and women, right? That's correct. Okay, perfect. And then where can we find you? Same. Same? Okay. Yeah. Do you guys you guys have personal ones or no? We do all have personal places, but you can find all of those personal things at the central portal mm-hmm. of We Are Sacred. Perfect. Um, and then when's your next event? Our next co-ed event is actually this weekend. Okay. Um, and that's sold out, but we have another one September 8th and 9th in Topanga Canyon for men and women, couples who want to practice the yoga of intimacy, which is all we write about it in our book. Um, and then we have a men's event that we have right over here in Venice Beach, and this is a free event. It's limited to just 24 men, but we meet up 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on Saturday mornings once a month, and the three of us lead practices for men to get in their bodies, to do movement, meditation, breath, jump in the ocean. Um, and it's just an incredible reset to start your weekend. So we're offering those monthly. We also have free monthly calls for men. And also uh, London, who represents our entire uh, women network, She uh, she's offering women's calls monthly and different offerings. So there's tons of awesome stuff to get uh, through her portal. And she's on Patreon, patreon.com slash London Angel Winters. So ladies, we're going to have all of those resources and links below this episode. Um, So do you guys offer coaching? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, okay. Because we get a lot of ladies who 
obviously can also see you, um, but who always asked me like, where can my husband, who can my husband talk Mm. to or who can my man talk to? Okay. So we'll definitely get that information. So on the wearesacred.org website, we have three individual profiles for all of our mentors. So we're mentors of sacred and you can find their individual websites through the sacred website and get more information on their personal coaching. Perfect. Thank you so much, you guys. This has been such a pleasure. Um, I'm thank you for giving me your time mm. and going deep with us. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's been a blast. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, ladies. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, review, and uh, let us know if you have any questions. So I hope you join our secret Facebook group now that we're on. We have a Facebook group. I tell these ladies, I'm I'm a relationship coach, and we're all about connection and group you know interaction but it took me five years to start a facebook group um so make sure you join it it's called the ladies coach babes and that's also below this episode and we'd love to hear your feedback all right ladies till next week okay babe before you head out remember what i said about the event they are doing an event november 3rd to the fourth called alpha rising get your tickets below and check out using tlc VIP for your $250 off. Can you believe it? $250 off of the event tickets. So get your man and um, suggest this event to him. Okay. And then also make sure you follow them on Instagram at alpha.tribe and their website is wearesacred.org. Check out those beautiful resources get in touch with them, attend their events, learn from them, and I'll see you next week. If you like this episode, please rate and review. And for more tips on love, life, and relationships, head over to theladiescoach.com.